David Adams here, the voice of the ring, and the following is a presentation of the Mancast Network podcast for the man in all of us. Hey guys, it's the Princess of Pro Wrestling, SoCal Hall from Fight TV, and you're watching Opinion City on the Mancast Network, and I am a proud Opinion City girl. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Opinion City Podcast, a professional wrestling podcast where we debate the hottest topics of the past, present, future, and beyond. I'm your host. My name is Ralph Heinmarch. He's my co-host and tag team partner, and his name is Parma Sean Russell. This podcast is for you, the listener, so please reach out to us via email at opinioncitypod at gmail.com. Before we go any further, if you want to support the show, you can call Follow us at Opinion City Pod on all the socials. You can find links to everything that we do over there. You can follow myself at Parma Cheezle. You can follow Ralph at Real Ralph 316. If you like what you're hearing, like, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. And please share us with your friends. Without further ado, let's get to this week's episode. And this week, we were talking to the indestructible Lucha Wonderbird himself, Razorwing. So, right off the bat, I gotta ask. How did you evolve yourself from Razor Hawk to the current Razor Wing? You know, it involved a, a, a big, a big emerald and a whole lot of electricity, and uh, you know, there was uh, there was some sparks. There was some. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it was that, a, that would have been really cool. That would have been perfect. That would have been perfect. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, ob- obligatory. Greetings. It is I, Razor Wing, the indestructible Lucha Wonderbird, and one third of the flyest show on the planet, the Air Show. All right, cool. Now that I've got that out of the way, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I used to be uh, used to be Razor Hawk, and uh, yeah, that was one of the Cyberhawks two thousand. And uh, when when everything kind of um, is this, uh, is, are we allowed to curse or is this PG? Well, we try and keep it PG. Okay, when everything went to crap back in twenty twenty. Um, <laughs> Me and uh, me and the uh, artist formerly known as Danger Hawk, Mister Mach Ten, we uh, we decided that we were going to kind of just have a have a clean break. Just be like, okay, hey, let's leave uh, all of the the past behind us. Not that there was anything necessarily bad about the past, right? Um, but uh, Chikara had um, kind of gone off the map, and we were just like, hey, you know, let's uh, let's kind of let's kind of s- spread our wings, so to speak. And um, I had toyed with a name uh, initially. I toyed with Neo Wing, um, just being like, "Okay, well, this is I'm I'm Razor Hawk, and I'm still a bird, um, but uh, I'm a new bird. I'm Neo Wing, <laughs> and it was okay for like 
a month and then i was like no this doesn't roll off the tongue um i really enjoyed being razor like a lot of my friends a lot of my fans a lot of people that i knew just called me razor as a thing and um i got used to that and uh i i didn't want to let that go so razor wing it was nice nice very cool um so let's kind of let's kind of rewind a little bit and let's uh let's kind of start uh at the beginning here. So uh when did you really start kind of getting into wrestling and uh were were you a big fan? Did you watch wrestling growing up? Uh, was that a thing for you? Yeah, no doubt. I uh so um I uh, this might come as a surprise to uh some of your listeners but um i'm an old bird um i was born in 82 and i was a fan of the wrestling in the mid 80s like i remember growing up my uh my dad putting on saturday morning wwf back in the day and i was i was a big fan of macho man i was a big fan of hogan back in the day not so much these days but back in the day hogan was big um warrior and um Goodness, Bret Hart earlier in the 90s and all of that. So I I was a big fan of wrestling growing up. And I I fell out of love with wrestling in middle school because it was a whole bunch of like, oh, don't you know that's fake and all this stuff. So I stopped watching um, probably around – it was shortly after the uh, the new era um, with, oh. uh, with where it was like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and Diesel and like all of this coming coming yeah. together. Um, so I stopped watching around then. And then in high school, I remember very vividly in English class, um, there was a, a, a couple of fellows talking about um, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H. And I was like, hmm. What's this Stone Cold Steve Austin? I remember hearing about stunning Steve Austin. I used to have little NWA trading cards and all that. And um, I remembered Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and I was like, wait a second. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the weird Connecticut blue blood, is like kind of a main event player? This is weird. And that was um, probably like 98-ish was when this was happening. And so I kind of – I got back into it. Everyone was like, oh, Mankind and The Undertaker are doing this stuff and blah, 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 right? And I was like, oh, Mankind, the weird guy with the mask, and he pulls his hair out and all this. And um, – yeah, because I, I remember seeing Mankind uh, when he first debuted with the the brown outfit and all of the 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 craziness. Um, it just you know, like it it drew me back in right there at the late '90s, and the Attitude Era was just like something clicked, and I was like, "Ooh, okay, yeah, let's go, let's go." Stone Cold was like. Stone Cold was my jam. Stone Cold and the Hardy Boys. Oh my goodness, I remember my. Uh, my friend Jeff used to be all about Matt Hardy. He was like, oh, Matt Hardy's like the better wrestler. Like Jeff Hardy just does his high spots and flips off his stuff and does dangerous stuff. And I was like, now nah, that Jeff Hardy, that Jeff Hardy's got something going on. And uh, yeah, it, uh, that was that was my thing. And um, shoot, I, I graduated high school in 2000 and uh, shortly thereafter um, started backyarding. Uh like wow. a, a buddy of mine was like, "Hey, I know this kid who has cool. has a ring in his backyard. Do you want to go roll around?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, let's do that." Um, that sounds like a great idea for uh just just turned 18 uh 
razor wing weighing 105 pounds soaking wet. Let's go roll around now. A handmade ring in a backyard. So we uh, we show up to this place and uh, it was like, oh, okay, you guys can you guys can be in a, a battle royal. Have you ever been in a battle royal? I was like, I mean, like I play No Mercy. I played WrestleMania 2000 on N64. What do you want from me? So uh, they were like, yeah, you can you can be in this. And um, the first thing that happened is I got chopped in the throat Ooh. by this guy uh, who went on to wrestle for MCW shortly uh, shortly thereafter. And uh, I was just like, okay, okay, no no shade to MCW. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just telling stories. No shade to <laughs> MCW. I've wrestled for them. They're great. Um, I got I got friends there. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like, dude went on to, to be an actual wrestler. And, um, oh my goodness, I backyarded probably from 2000 to 2004. And then um, our friend was moving, I think. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what happened. And then everything shut down. There was this, there was this whole thing uh, with it. Like, all the tapes got lost and all this stuff, um, which was really sad. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I I stopped like really doing anything with wrestling. I, like obviously, I wasn't doing wrestling. Wrestling, it was uh, totally untrained. But um, we were having fun. We were putting on shows every Sunday, um, and so I just focused on like jobby job stuff. And then uh, what, what what happened? Oh my goodness! I I I continued to follow wrestling up until about. Oh goodness! Even through the reign of terror, the whole like Triple H two thousand two yeah. to two thousand five, I kept following. Goodness gracious! I used to like, I used to uh, record all the shows and burn them to DVD because I was like thinking to myself, "Oh, one day I'm gonna have a wrestling training center and I'm gonna have this whole library of stuff nice. to like just study." And it was like, "There's the WWE Network coming up in about like fifteen <laughs> years." Did you know? Um, okay. But uh, so I stopped watching around 2007 or so, something like that, and um, got a little bit back into it around 2009, turned on the TV and was like, who the hell is this Seamus person? Um, Yeah. (laughs) And it was cool. It was cool. It was like, all right, cool. John Cena's still doing stuff. Oh, this this Seamus guy's there. The Miz is still there. All right. Um, kept watching, kept watching. Uh, I moved from uh, Baltimore to Philadelphia, um, and uh, was like, that was that was twenty twelve. Twenty twelve, I moved to Philadelphia, and um, a buddy of mine was like, "Hey, you know Chikara's right there. Like, you could go train if you want to." And I was like, "What? No, stop. No, get out of Dodge. I'm not doing that." Um. But then I, I thought about it and I reached out and they were like, yeah, yeah, here's our training schedule. And I said, that does not line up with my work schedule. Nope, <laughs> not going to happen. So literally didn't even think about it for like years. Um, and then one day I was just talking to a coworker about wrestling and I was like, oh, yeah, there's this promotion in Philadelphia, blah, 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 all this stuff, Lucha Libre, yada, yada. And um, showed him the website and the training schedule lined up with my work schedule. Something had changed. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm not getting any younger. It's now or never. Do I want to do this? Yes or no? So I talked to my wife and I said, wife, 
<laughs> they have an intro to pro wrestling workshop at the end of November in 2015. If I go there and this place isn't sketchy AF, is it cool if I just plunk down the money and do the training? And she said, absolutely, Razor Wing. Nice. <laughs> and I said, this is why you are my glorious wife. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I went to training, <clears throat> met uh, Fire Ant, met uh, Amasis, met Molly McCoy, met Mike Quackenbush, um, and a whole host of other folks who uh, were training at the time and um, did the wrestles. And it was awesome. It was really great. I had a great time at the my first introduction to actual professional wrestling training. Um, and so I started training January uh, 9th, I think it was, of 2016. My first class was a uh, Dustin or Chuck Taylor class. And um, nice. it's funny. He, he's way, way taller in person than I thought he was. Uh, mm, yeah. It was it was funny because I, I walk in and um, they had me sign the paperwork and do the payments and yada yada on the little gimmick uh, gimmick tablet or whatever, and uh, I was just like, oh yeah, this is my shoot name, and uh, and, and Dustin's like, I'm Dustin, uh, and I was like, just sitting there, and then like it clicked, and I was like. Oh, Oh, that's Chuck Taylor. Whoa, he's so tall. Because <laughs> I like, see his promo photos online and stuff. It like he kind of he was doing this whole thing, and like mm -hmm. he kind of looks like kind of just a goofy, goofy kid like I was uh, back in the day. And um, yeah, just to just to see him, it was it was it was super cool. We did um, it was it was beginner class, of course. And uh, I think I think it was power slams. I think we were we were doing power slams that day, which is not necessarily beginner fair. But uh, Dustin's a wild card. You can't really you know you you, you can't prepare for a Dustin class. It's uh, we we were just talking about this on Twitter the other day. It was like, oh, Dustin class. Everyone's just looking around. Dustin's like, mm, what do you want to do today? Everyone's like, uh -huh. he's like, screw it. We're doing Frankenstein's. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah i started training oh, yeah. january 2016 debuted october 2016 and the the rest as they say is history that's so now, that's very cool that was probably a longer answer than you were looking for i'm sorry <laughs> no, that's perfect. well you 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 made you made some interesting points there and i find it interesting that like you know a lot of guys won't talk about the fact that they started in backyard, but when you start sitting down and talking to people, you find all these people that are extremely talented that started in backyard and that kind of led them, you know, to, to really want to, to do something more with it. Um, I was never a wrestler, but I ran a few backyard shows in, in my day. And I actually lived about 10 minutes from, uh, where Tony Deppen grew up and oh, he was, wonderful. yeah, he Tony. was, he was a huge uh backyarder and and they wrestled on trampolines mm -hmm. no no ring ropes nothing they were just all all trampoline but uh you know <laughs> we you, had a trampoline as well <laughs> yeah you can just you can just never discount you know the fact that you some talented people have really come from you know the the, the backyarding world kind of uh fired up their spirits i guess yeah absolutely and and yeah. and to to be fair to backyarders, like you still when, – when you're in the backyard, you might not be learning how to put together a match or uh, call spots or 
craft stories or even how to execute moves properly. But even especially on trampolines, you're still learning body agency and that ability to control yourself in dicey or dangerous situations. So it's it's sure. you know I like I I don't see much wrong with it other than some folks. Um, I'll just say some kids because it's usually kids, right? Like I was, I was a kid doing it. Sure, um, sure. But like some kids can get a hot pepper up their butt and like do some things that are probably ill-advised. Um, so I'm, I'm actually glad that I didn't go into pro wrestling right out of backyarding because I, uh, yeah, I've racked up my fair share of injuries doing what I do now. And uh, I probably would have been very much worse for wear back in the day because I didn't have that adult head on my shoulders. Sure. Right. Yeah. Now, when you were in training and you were, you know, kind of uh, climbing your way up, where did you get the idea and inspiration for the character known as Razor Hawk, aka Razor Wing? Well, that was a that was a very much a Chikara thing. Um, so it was um, one of those things where, it, and I'm not sure how much um, y'all know about, like how the the character stuff works but uh basically it was it was one day um we were working on tag stuff and uh we we had been working on tag stuff for quite a while um beginning september to october of 2016 or so and um my uh myself and wheeler yuda were uh just teamed up in this it was like there was crumbles there was defarge um there were the cop boys uh there was uh uh oh goodness who who else um i think the ants might have been part of it uh the new ants um i don't know that solo and travis were a part of it at that time but anyway we were we were working on a bunch of tag stuff and um yeah, so uh, Yuda and I were uh, doing our thing, you know, training, whatever, and um, at one point, uh, we were just doing drills, and I remember Mike going, all right, get in there, Cyberhawks. And me and Yuda look at each other, and we're like, is that our name? <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's go. So we get in there, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a fun time. Like we were we were just putting together our stuff, figuring out what uh, what worked, what what uh, what we were all about. Um, and um, I remember the uh, the initial discussion was, um, so your cyberhawks and your birds and your razorhawk and your silverhawk, and you guys are really into your. Sh- like really into your sh- <laughs> and the fans aren't sure what to know like to think about you but you come out and you're really into your sh- <laughs> and we're like okay and we had to run with that um so you and I were like all right well what are we what are what are we like what are we oh okay we're birds from space okay we're cyberhawks are we from are we from cyberspace? I mean that makes sense. We're from cyberspace. Okay, cool. Like is that like another galaxy? Sure, it's another galaxy. All right, cool. All right, what do you do? Well, I do this. Okay, what do I do? Well, I guess I do this. All right. 
Um, shoot. Okay. Um, hmm. All right. What else? What else? Uh, are we like just we we travel through space to come here to fight evil? Yeah, maybe. Did we did we go through time? <laughs> yeah, we went through time. That's great. That's a good one. Yeah, let's do that. Um. Yeah, oh, it was like a big. It was uh, honestly, it was a big collaborative effort. Like it wasn't just me and Yuda doing this. It was like a whole bunch of us. Um, and uh, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't credit like everyone else that we were in training with, like from Crummles to Farge, Green Ant, uh, 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 Weber, uh, Boomer, Molly, Shay, like, like the whole kitten, but like the whole entire, like it, it was really is a group effort. Um, much like a lot of things, I think like there, there are a lot of, um, things that we just kind of like put our heads together. Like we're just, sitting there rolling around on like a, a random Tuesday or Thursday night and um, just beating each other up. And we're like, Oh, what do you think of this? Ugh. Right. Like, Oh, what do you think of this? Ah, you know, and uh, <laughs> go home like bruised and battered being like, that's a good idea. I got to remember that. Oh man, I got to write that down. My brain doesn't work that well anymore. Um, but like, yeah, we so we put together this whole like collaborative thing. You know, we worked on promos. We worked on like who these characters are, um, and uh, yeah, like I mean, just in case, like for for the listeners or whatever, like in case you didn't know, Wheeler Yuta was Silverhawk. Um, he's admitted as admitted as much on Twitter. So like, you know, it's cool. It's cool. We're not <laughs> yeah. we're not we're not throwing we're not throwing big Utes under the bus or anything. But. Uh, Goodness gracious. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun time. We were, we were firing on all cylinders, just being creative, just getting after it. Uh, yeah, it was a blast. You, you said uh, a couple of things there that are really, um, very Chikara things. Um, you know, the first one is as you talk about the collaborative nature of like what you guys were doing and, and we've had this conversation on the show a couple of times before about how, the uh the trainees that came out of the wrestle factory when you look at um you know how they work and, and and their body of work and their matches and then you go and see other promotions that have training schools you see that the the wrestle factory trainees are so much further ahead and and so much better at basically everything they do from you know putting a match together telling a story um just really connecting with the crowd so i that's that's the first big thing and then you said two things that couldn't have been more chikara related one of course is traveling through time because as we all know time travel is like one of the biggest tropes in the history of chikara and yeah and and what is what is more chikara than well what are we uh well we're birds from space like what you know what (laughs) is what is more chikara than hey we're birds from space that's all you need man yeah, no doubt. Cool. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. It's uh, that's that's what really drew me to Chikara. It was like, you know, I could have I could have trained at at any company, uh, any promotion, and um, probably have done okay. But Chikara was like, Chikara was fun. Chikara was like, mm. it like like Mike always said, we're a comic book come to life, and um, I have been it's been difficult since um 
Chikar's closure that like oh I I don't really see that anywhere else like sometimes I just want to be goofy and tell fun stories uh and and what I've found lately is like not not even lately like honestly since the pandemic it's just indie wrestling has been dead. you know what I'm just going to say it if I make some enemies whatever indie wrestling's been kind of poopy like <laughs> it's it's a whole bunch of it's a whole bunch of like oh let's put cool indie wrestler of the month against cool indie wrestler of the month and see what happens and that's fine but i really like stories and and i know there are promotions that are telling stories beyond is telling stories um uh that's basically all i got flying v is telling stories and flying v is very much that sort of cartoon come to life like that whole thing um and i've i have um been very fortunate to be a part of Flying V. I, I remember they uh, they were doing things before the pandemic started, and um, it was very much a sort of comic book, very fun atmosphere. And I didn't even get my shot at Flying V until, I want to say, last year? Something like that. Um, Mach 10 had been wrestling there for quite some time, and I just never got a chance to get my foot in the door, and finally did. And and Mach 10 and I are now in this uh, double dash tournament that they're putting on. They're they're incredibly they're probably one of my favorite places to uh, to wrestle. But... Ongoing narratives, uh, but then you've got other places that are just putting on matches to put on matches, and that's fine. There's nothing really wrong with that. It's just not my personal um, thing that I prefer. Like, you know, everyone likes different flavors of ice cream to steal another Chikara thing. <laughs> like everyone likes different flavors of ice cream. I like Rocky Road, some people like vanilla, and that's fine. Um Yeah. <laughs> you were saying that you like storytelling versus like just indie versus indie. Um with that being said, a lot of times on our show we've talked about the bloodline saga that has currently been going on for the last three or so years with Reigns and the Bloodline. What are your thoughts on that story, and and have you been keeping up with it? Oh no, you're gonna you're gonna expose me as a bad wrestler. So, <laughs> so back uh, back before I want to say 2021, um, I definitely followed wrestling, um, uh, mainstream and indie wrestling, and um, then my son was born in September of 2021, and everything went to crap. Hmm. I <laughs> I was I I lost my schedule. Uh I wasn't working out regularly. I wasn't eating regularly and I wasn't watching wrestling regularly and I still am not watching wrestling regularly. However, I have been keeping up as much as I can on the Bloodline storyline and holy moly what drama. Um trying to catch up on like YouTube um highlights and stuff, seeing the whole thing with the Usos and Solo and Roman and Sammy and Kevin and all of this, and just like kind of watching it fall into place. And then WrestleMania happened, and then Money in the Bank happened, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't seen anything since Money in the Bank, um, just because like shoot job and family have been keeping me very busy. I didn't even, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even watch Forbidden Door. 
Uh-oh. Like I, I caught Uh-oh. clips. I caught clips of Forbidden Door, <laughs> but like I didn't watch the whole thing, and I feel bad. Shun the non-believer. Right? Yeah. No, I, I gotta. I got. I do. It's, it, it is in my list. It is in my list. And actually, I'm. I'm. I'm off. I'm off tomorrow. Um, I don't have much going on except taking the kids to the museum, and maybe who knows? Maybe I'll watch some wrestling. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I've, I'm really behind on doing promos too. So <laughs> always, always something to do. Oh my goodness! One kid was so easy. One kid was like, "All right, cool. I got this schedule. I can adhere to it. I can work around it." Two kids, nope, completely different schedules. One wants one thing, one wants the other. They're screaming at different times. Ah, it's 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 pandem- pandemonium, pandemonium, pandemonium. Yeah. But yeah, no, I love storytelling. I love. Um, I don't love everything that WWE is doing, obviously, uh, but. I love what they're doing with the bloodline. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I love the, I love the bloodline storyline. Uh, but, but for me, if you want to talk about long-term storytelling, nothing beats the eye of tear. Sorry. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> You're 100% right. That is some <laughs> long-term storytelling. Um, yeah. The the Eye of Tear is an interesting uh, story element slash MacGuffin. Um, it's it it serves its purpose in a lot of ways and has served its purpose in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a really interesting storytelling device, and the whole the whole thing in in 2016 with the. Uh, uh, Chikara's Greatest Heroes and the Hexed Men and all of that. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. I, I just remember being in training during all of that and like watching all of this unfold and um, getting to to kind of see it up close and just watch watch how it all came together. That that whole thing. And oh my goodness, the reveal with Ultramantis at the end. The whole, wow. I remember everything. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, go Mantis, go Mantis. That main event at the so end of good. the season in Chicago was just fire. That that so thing good. was lit from beginning to end. Um, it, it, every every aspect of it too, down to uh, just the little superhero nods in the in the entrance gear and like it just mm-hmm. everything about it was so good. I mean, you, Fire you Ants is Iron Man. Oh, yeah, it just it's just incredible, just <laughs> yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Indeed. <sighs> Chicago is probably one of my favorite places to to work. I, I haven't I haven't worked there often, but um, the few times that I have, it's it's just they're always such a fun crowd. Yeah, yeah, Chicago's always a good time. So, um, it, it just in in kind of talking about your your time in Chikara a little bit, um, so were you were you always in were you interested in being a masked wrestler were you interested in not being a masked wrestler um was that you know was that something you wanted to do or was that something that was kind of given to you and you went with it yeah it was uh basically something uh they were like yeah this is what you're gonna do and i was like okay uh <laughs> initially like honestly if i had if i had it my way i would have been um way less successful than i have been because I would have been a punch kick wrestler, and mm. I'm five foot four, five foot five on a good day. Um, 
that's not that's that's not gonna work. Like I, I was I was rolling in there wearing a leather jacket, looking like a tough guy, and I was gonna be a punch kick wrestler, and uh, that was that was not gonna fly. So um, they put me in a mask. Uh, I, I remember I did I did pitch a uh, a character. Um, I was like, oh, maybe I'll be the uh, Chikara court jester, right? Like they had crowning court and they had this whole thing with the ice <laughs> yes. cream and Kimberly and I all this. That. And um, <laughs> do you remember – are, are either of you gamers? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you remember Final Fantasy IX? I wasn't a big fan of it, but yes. Okay. Do you remember the two jesters, Zorn and Thorn? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That that was yeah. going to be I, – I was like, hey, this is what I want to look like. This is what I want to do. I'll do some cartwheels. I'll be really goofy. I'll like, you know, do some do some stuff. Um, and my email uh, fell on deaf ears. And then oh. I became a cyberhawk. Oh, man. <laughs> Sean, Sean what, do we, what do we call that on our show? What was it? The, it, we we call that a missed opportunity. Oh, yeah, the missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, uh, listen, that's anybody that – Listen. Anybody that um, had the opportunity <laughs> to talk to you during intermission at a Chikara show knows that that was a missed opportunity. You would have yeah. killed. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, let me paint my face up. I'll do the whole thing and all that stuff. I'll be real fun, goofy. I mean, hey, I was still real fun and goofy because I, I just basically like – I just based Razorhawk on like what I was like in the year 2000. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. That's 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 me. That's that's Razorwing. You know, that's I'm. Yeah. Well, Razorwing is now more me. Like now. <laughs> oh yeah, of but course. Uh, you know, yeah, the, so the, if, the whole thing. If if Razorwing is you now, then is like Hellraiser you before coffee in the morning? Ooh, Hell, Hellraiser. Hellraiser is me in the middle of 2020. There you go. That's <laughs> that's Hellraiser. So like like July of 2020, that's Hellraiser. I was in I was in um I I like not trying to like derail or or like whatever, but it it basically yes, yes, without coffee in the morning. Um cuz like <laughs> I was a I was a very brooding uh ticked off mama jamma in July of 2020 for a variety of reasons. Um Watching the death of my home promotion happen, uh, watching the pandemic happen, watching the mishandling of the pandemic, coming to the realization that one third of the population would sit by while one third of the population killed the other third of the population. And yeah, uh, yeah I was like, oh, oh, I just want to like I just want to explode. I just I really want to just explode right now. And um Initially, like Neo Wing, Razor Wing wasn't even going to happen. I was just going oh, to yeah. be Hellraiser. Um, mm. And I told I told this to Mach Ten. I was like, "So here's what I'm thinking about doing." And he was like, "You sure you want to do that? Like, you sure you want to do like that's that's a little much." <laughs> and I was like, "This is where I'm at right now." I was like, I was like Batman. I was like, this is this is who I am. <laughs> and uh, and he and uh, he and uh, the, the artist formerly known as Green Ant, uh, Ultimo Ant. He and Ultimo Ant and um, 
Miss Yolanda uh, talked to me back from the ledge, and they were like, "Why don't you dial that back a little bit? Why don't you? Why don't you try some like? Why don't you try some air show? How about this air show? What do you think of air show?" I was like, oh, "I guess I could do some air show instead. I don't know. I guess." So oh, wow. yeah, but Hell Hellraiser is basically um, I, I I put it I put it on the back burner. And I, I brought it out for my feud with Brandon Kirk at Dropkick Depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hellraiser basically turned into my demon Finn Balor. Yeah. Oh, or uh, cool. or maybe my um, my The Fiend. Yeah, where it's like... The, yeah, like, like my... Uh, the stakes get real high. Things get real dark. I'm getting my butt whooped. And it's like, alright, it's time to bring out the big guns. Here's the person who puts people through tables and put skewers in their face. Although I, I did that as Razor Wing. I didn't do that as Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah. But that was, you know, that was my friend Connor. I gotta put skewers in Connor's face, right? <laughs> that's that's the first thing I think about when I see friends. I'm like, where's my skewers? Where's my skewers? Right? Yeah. The exactly. the hell the Hellraiser mask is amazing. That is such a cool mask. And Thank the, you. the the entrance is like nothing you've seen before. The entrance is that that's genius. I gotta say, I appreciate that so much. I, uh, yeah, it was um, like the mask. Uh, all the credit in the world to Doctor Omega. Um, Omega Masks. Well, used to be Omega Masks on Twitter. I don't know what his handle is. I off the top of my head, I'm sure I could look it up. But um, yeah, Doctor Omega, um, mm-hmm. incredible mask maker. Incredible mask maker. Like just the the quality, like the the leather that's on it, all of the stitching, all of the little details, the the busted out eye and all of this. It's just oh my goodness. I like hats off. Absolutely like hats off to to dr omega because it's just man that mask i love it i just Mm -hmm. i wish i i had more opportunities to wear it um because it's just it like a it costs a pretty penny like you know you get what you pay um but b it's just so much fun to be that that side of me that dark like i'm just going to mess you up and not feel bad about it like Razor Wing is like, you know, for the most part, like a good guy, like altruistic mm-hmm. to a fault. Um, the indestructible Lucha Wonderbird wants to do the right thing at all times. And Hellraiser is just like, you've crossed a line and you're going to pay for it. And I don't care what happens to you. It's yeah. just this scary sort of like because like we can all go there like everybody oh, yeah. can go like the Joker had said in that one Batman movie like oh you're just one bad day away from being me and it's like yep. yeah like kind of everyone has that capability and like what happens when the good guy has that happen to him Hellraiser yeah there you go um yeah you mentioned Dropkick Depression earlier and I wanted to touch a bit on that. Mm-hmm. How did it feel to win their heavyweight belt after not wrestled for over a year after the pandemic? That was wild. Um, wh- wild is the first word that uh, that I would I would say. So, literally, literally, had not been in the ring for over a year. Didn't even go to training leading up to Dropkick Depression. I was just doing little home workouts in my in my little home workout area, which literally was just like my living room and some free weights. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I wasn't 
what most people would call in ring shape. Uh, but I wrestled three matches that day. I I went in there um, wearing a mask under my mask because it was still like, hey, COVID's still a thing. Like, yeah, we got to be careful. Like, I, I think I had gotten um, my first two inoculations uh, out of like the, I think, four that I've had now or something like that. But um, it was it was like, oh, yeah, COVID's very still still very much a thing. And we go in there and it's like, okay, you're going to be wrestling Logan Black in the first round. Okay, cool. Uh, and then you're going to be wrestling uh, – if you if you win, you're going to be wrestling in the final, um, which is going to be a four-way eliminator. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Right? So I beat Logan Black, and I was like, oh, holy moly. Like, Logan and I have had, like, a little little bit of a rivalry on Twitter up to that point. It was like, all right, like, you know, we wrestled at Dropkick uh, a little while beforehand, before the pandemic. And uh, he was always talking smack to me, like, ah, you stupid bird. And I'm like, ah, you stupid New York punk. No one, no one, no one wants to hear what you're saying. And, uh, yeah, so I beat him. Uh, he was talking tons of trash, and I was sucking wind the whole match. He was putting the boots to me, and um, I eked it out. It was great. Uh, big win, big win. I did big moves. I did a Tope Suicida into a Tornado DDT on the outside. That was – never did that before. Never did that before. Uh, and uh, beat him. Beat him one, two, three. And then it was me and BT Bull and um, Edith Surreal and uh, Riley Shepard. In the uh, in the four way eliminator, and it came down to myself and Edith Surreal, and Edith tied me up in knots. Like it was, it was brutal. She had put me in like all these different holds, and I'm like, I cannot move. Everything hurts. What am I doing? Um, I slammed her down with a vicious razor, uh, uh, razor's edge, and um, goodness, it was, it was. Uh, it was one heck of a match. <laughs> and after that, uh, Tara and Jeff come up to me and they're like, hey, guess what? And I was like, chicken butt? And they were like, no. <laughs> we're filming the next show right now and you've oh. got to defend your title against Kip Stevens. And I said, huh. crap. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and toweled off as best as I could, had a bunch of water, and uh, then I went out there and whooped Evil Kip's butt. There yep. you go. And uh, that was also bad. Like, literally three matches in one day in the hot uh, uh, May. It like Yes, it was May, May 25th, but it was hot at the H2O uh, training center. And it was just... Yeah, it was bananas. I'm sitting there wearing a full body suit, and it's just, mm. you know, I, I I just went out there and I gave it my all, and uh, I I I was just like, you know, this is it. Like, this is we're coming back. I've been I've been watching a bunch of. Oh, see, here's where I'm gonna get in trouble. Uh, I've been watching a whole bunch of wrestlers get popular during the pandemic. Not necessarily all of them, but like some of them get popular during the pandemic just simply because they were the ones that were wrestling 
during the pandemic and watching them, it was like, okay, you could stand a few more reps. Uh, so like, I guess I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder coming back and I was like, I don't even care that I can't breathe. I'm just going full tilt to the wall. And I did. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was something else, but to win that title, uh, on that day and then defend it and keep it on that day, uh, it was, uh, elated doesn't even begin to describe it. I, I felt honored. I felt, um, just joy, just absolute joy. And then to bring it home and, uh, show it to my, uh, my wife and kid and, and my daughter just being like, daddy, you did it. And I was like, yeah, that's right. I did do it. It was just, it was the best <laughs> feeling in the world. Um, and to, and to see that, like, I was still capable of getting after it, even after not doing it for over a year. Uh, it was like riding a bike. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, so winning that, winning that championship, um, is that something that you would consider to be maybe the, the defining moment in your career so far, or is there maybe something else that kind of trumps that? It's, it's neck and neck. Neck and neck is winning the dropkick depression heavyweight championship and Pinning Hella Wicked. Ooh. Yes. Nice. When, I pinned, when I pinned my trainer, my m- mentor, uh, a man that I look up to, um, not just as a wrestler, but as a, 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 a whatever you want to call him, person, entity, being, just mm-hmm. as a, as a, as a thing that has a conscience and brain, uh, goofy tall pumpkin head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I I admire Hallow Wicked in so many ways, and being in that four way eliminator with him and Ultimo Ant and Weber Hatfield, and it it actually no, it wasn't a four way eliminator. It was it was a four way uh, four way dance. Right, that's the that's the one where it's one fall to a finish. Um, yep. But anyway, I, I pinned Hallow Wicked. I pinned a Chikara Gen One original. I pinned since two thousand two, putting on some of the best matches anyone has ever seen anywhere. Most, uh, I'm not going to say underrated wrestler because anyone who knows Hallow Wicked knows how good he is. But the best unsigned wrestler. I'm I'm going to say it. The best unsigned wrestler ever. Hella Wicked. Like, literally the man. I I pinned him. And that was, I mean, I, I don't want to say that that was luck. Me pinning Icarus was luck. That was, that was Icarus pinning Icarus, right? But like, I pinned Hella Wicked. Holy moly. Jumping off the top rope. Hurricane Rana. Full tilt, got both the legs in deep. One, two, three, boom, pinned Hallow Wicked. Like, boom, feather in the cap, right? Oh, that's so close. It's so close right there with the dropkick depression heavyweight championship. Cause it was like both of those were just like, oh, 
I have I have arrived, done it. Like Dropkick Depression Heavyweight Championship, May of 2021. Pinning Hallow Wicked, I think it was October of 2021. Something like that. That was a year. That was such a good year. Same year. Oh my Same year. goodness. Yes. Oh, it was it was just oh that year was good. I was feeling really good. Um but yeah, that's that they're neck and neck. They're neck and neck right there. Oh goodness. Yeah. So not to go too off topic, but I just have to Please. ask your opinion. Mm-hmm. What was it like to basically watch yourself on NXT when they first debuted the character Axiom? Was it like looking in a mirror? Uh yeah. In in a whole lot of ways. It was it was like <laughs> looking in the mirror. Um Yeah, I remember the uh the uh teaser came out and I I I I'm not gonna say like I remember exactly like everything that was going on. Um because like it was a while ago and I've kind of put a lot of this out of my uh brain for uh, a variety of reasons. Um but uh yeah, so I remember the teaser happened, and I think I woke up to a bunch of people being like, WTF, man, you going on NXT? What's going on? And uh, then <laughs> um, A-Kid had reached out to me and was like, hey, uh, I just want to let you know, like, you know, wasn't my thing. Like, I didn't do this. Yeah, they were like, hey, this is you now. And I was like okay, okay, you know, like, we're friendly, like, you know, like, I met, I met him back in Trios of 2017, and then, uh, I think it was Trios 2018, like, uh, he came back over, and all this, like, we're friends, we're good, we're buds, right, yeah, um, he's like, oh yeah, we're gonna change it, it's gonna look different, yada, this and that, blah, 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 right, and then the debut happened, and it was like, that's me, that's me. That's, <laughs> that's that's my look. Me. That's my look. That's my pose. You're doing you're, you're doing my you're doing my and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> right? Um I can I can kind of laugh about it now uh cuz I I'm I'm not over it, but I've built a bridge and I'm like on my way over it, right? <laughs> but it, like it was irksome because <sighs> Like let let's just pretend. Let's just pretend for a moment, right? That um maybe maybe you're trying to get on a national wrestling program. Maybe the national wrestling program is a competitor. I don't know. Maybe they have like a little thing that you're trying to get into, right? Um where independent wrestlers tend to show up, right? Well, why would that national wrestling program want to have me on there when their competitor have some has somebody who looks exactly like me? Right. That's like I, – I was just like, oh, wow. That's like totally the death of my career right now. That's what's happening right now. That's what's happening. I like – here I am. Like I'm, I'm on my way up, and now I'm gone. Um, but, you know, hey. It is what it is. Uh, WWE is going to do what WWE does to everybody, and that's be awful. I mean, um, I think since then <laughs> they've changed his look and his mask to look more like an original character. But the the first they have, like, that year was, was first that year was, after, was definitely one hundred percent 
Razorhawk. But uh, mm-hmm. I think since then they've just dialed it down to just a mask and like tights, no full suit anymore. It's just a, like a much and his down... his gimmicks his gimmicks up here are, are taped to his head now. Yeah, it's all yeah, and he's it's red and down. all that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was I. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad they changed finally. <laughs> yeah, that was you know, you know, long time coming. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean that was a thing that happened. Uh, it was it was so like it was like went from this and then started doing this, and yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, now you're stealing my tag partners, like. Mm. Come on, like come where, on, where just does, do something else. Where does it end? Yeah, yeah. right. Where, where does it end? Like, where does the copyright yeah. end? At oh, that point, I'm like, <laughs> at that point, I'm like, like, all right, we're done being friends. Like, just figure it out. Figure, just figure out whatever you're gonna do and just do it. But don't do someone else's stuff. Uh, yeah, it was just really irksome. But uh, eh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I I'm still I'm still getting after it. I'm still having fun, which is great. Um like I Mach 10 and I have a have a cool thing going. We uh we just added a new member to the air show. Um he's doing okay. He's new, but he's okay. He's good. You know, he's 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 good. Uh but you know, we're we're doing things. We're doing things. Um our Twitter's been hacked, and that's a pain in the butt. But oh, whatever. Oh, no. that's the worst. I mean, hey, the new the new owner of Twitter doesn't really care about anything. So, uh, no. What Absolutely what do you not. what do you expect? Absolutely not. I so, like your shirt there, by the way, Parmesan. Oh, I know I, I didn't comment on it, and I wanted to, and I just <laughs> like. For yeah. those of you who can't see this, I'm wearing a Razor Hawk shirt from when I went to. Uh, King of Trios 2018. Yep. I, was, I actually met you there, and you were wearing the shirt over your bodysuit. Mm-hmm. I was like, I gotta have that shirt, man. I, <laughs> I, I gotta have that shirt, man. That's that's a that's a shirt. That's a must shirt. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> I remember I did like a I did an informal poll, and I was like, oh, what kind of what kind of shirt do we want to see, right? And all the wrestling fans were like, oh, anything but a black T-shirt, right? So I get this huh. baby blue Razorhawk shirt, right, with this really cute little caca artwork on it, and it didn't sell for anything. Didn't sell for anything. It's literally like wrestling fans will tell you, oh, we want anything but a black T-shirt, but wrestling fans only buy black T-shirts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, that's, uh, that's like an unwritten rule of, of, of wrestling teams that they're all in black. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no I doubt. Because it's because it stands out. It stands it's out different. from the back. Yeah, stands yeah. Out. Appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> we uh, at at my at my job we had a uh, a, a wear black day. They try and do these you know uh, in, engagement things with us, and so they're like wear all black. And mm. my my wife looks at me and she says, "But you already wear black every day." I'm like, there you go. But, same, same. I'm like, but the wife, it's black. It it goes with everything. It's you know, I don't exactly. I don't know. I may own. Honestly, I think my Juan Francisco purple shirt might mm. be the only wrestling shirt I own that's not black. Okay, okay. I, no doubt. It's just it's it's uh it's it's standard. It's uh. You know, it it makes you feel like you're a part of the tribe because everyone else has got black. Everyone else is wearing it. Indeed. 
I tell you, Steve Jobs was on to something with his whole jeans and black shirt thing. Like, yeah. I my, my regular everyday wear, I, I own three pairs of jeans. I got a black pair. I got a dark blue pair. I got a light blue pair. And then I got nothing but compression black tees and black long sleeves. And uh, that's what I wear every day. I don't need to worry. I'm just like, boom, jeans, black shirt. Easy peasy. Ain't got to worry about color coordinating and nothing. If I go out somewhere and it's like, oh, you got to look fancy, throw on my little suit jacket over top of the black and the black. Oh, very oh, nice. Easy. Very nice. Easy. I don't have to wear yeah. worry about pressing no pants or nothing. Nah, nice. that ain't me. That ain't me. I got my boots. I'm good. <laughs> Perfect. Very cool. Um, you So you, you did mention earlier you had uh, just kind of thrown out that um, you know, you, you had watched your, your home promotion go away talking about Chikara. Um, so with, with the wrestling that you're doing now, is there somewhere that you would consider to be your home promotion now? I, I would say dropkick depression. Uh, I was, I was their champion for well over a year. Uh, goodness. I like, it was coming up on two. I was almost two years in and then evil Kip beat me for the title. Cheated. Cheated his butt off, but uh, <laughs> beat me nonetheless. And yeah. uh, he is now the Dropkick Depression Heavyweight Champion, much to uh, many people's chagrin. But um, yeah, it's a Dropkick. Um, Flying V and ISW are definitely in the running for that. Uh, there are definitely places that I just love being. Um, they're just like fun organizations to wrestle for. Yeah. Uh, just a really great atmosphere, a really great locker room, a really great crowd. Everyone's just having a good time the whole time. And mm-hmm. that's those are the places that I, I really want to be at. Um, you know, I could mm-hmm. I could go to some of these um, really like like super indie places um, where it's like kind of a. I'm not going to say tough crowd because it's like eh, tough crowd doesn't bother me or anything. Like I can get by on my abilities. Um, I can get by on my character, but there's something about being in kind of a party atmosphere that just really lifts my spirits. Like I love doing brewery shows. If I can do brewery shows for the rest of my career, because it's just a whole bunch of people who aren't even wrestling fans that are just showing up to like have a few bevies and have a good time. Yeah. And they don't know anything. They're impressed by a body slam, right? But then you like get in there and you're like doing your shtick. You're like, oh, I'm Razor Wing, oh, indestructible Lucha Wonderbird. And then I get slapped across the face by my opponent. It's <laughs> like, you know what? I deserve that one. I deserve that one. The crowd erupts <laughs> into laughter and you're like, yeah, we got him. We got him. And then we do some fun Lucha stuff and the crowd's like, holy crap. I just, oh, what what the flip? What is this? What did I just see? And then they all go home happy. You go home happy, hopefully with a couple of ducats in your pocket. And then you do it all the next weekend, whatever. It's good. Everyone goes yeah. home happy. <laughs> it's, it's, interest, it's interesting that you brought that up because I had a conversation with um, an indie promoter uh, a week or two ago and one of the things that we were talking about was how indie wrestling has sort of become so serious about itself. It's, you know, you, you just, you're not seeing, and again, it goes back to, like you said, we're, we're not seeing a, a lot of these, these companies that 
kind of looked at it the way that a Chikara would. Um, you know, you're you're having fun in the ring. The fans are having fun outside the ring. It's it, it, Chikara really felt like uh, you weren't just going to a wrestling show. You were being a part of a community because everybody was just having this completely organic good time together. And you don't you you very rarely see that in in indie wrestling anymore. Absolutely, yeah. You hit the nail on the head. It's indie wrestling by and large is taking itself way too seriously these days. Um, and I, I think that it could stand to take a step back, look in the mirror and uh, pull its pants down on itself. You know, it's like, just, you don't yeah. have to be so serious all the time. Like, yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. You're in a fight. You're in a fight. I get it. I get it. It's a wrestling contest. You're looking to win. That's cool. Championships are cool, but holy crap. If you're not enjoying it, why are you doing it? Absolutely. Like, 100%. Like, I I just, I don't understand these folks who come up and they're like, I just want to be the best and the toughest and all this stuff. And maybe that's why I'm a goofy baby face. Maybe. But like, I'm out there not just to win a match. I'm out there to put smiles on people's faces. Like they can't, they bought a ticket. They paid like 20, 25, 30 bucks, whatever it is to sit in the general admission or the front row or the standing room only, they're there to have a good time. And if I just go in there and I just do moves and I just beat up my opponent, regardless of what I do, well, what, what benefit is it to them? Like they want to see flashy stuff. They want to see my personality. They want to see my opponent's personality. They want to see the dynamic between the both of us. So if I get in there and I can get a rise out of my opponent and my opponent can get a rise out of me and we can make each other better for it and put on a fun show, regardless of how athletic or how, um, uh, how, uh, uh, like brutal, it is like it can be brutal, but it can still be entertaining and it can still tell a story, right? Like my match with Bam Sullivan at Dropkick Depression, my first like real hardcore match. Like, sure, I had that bit with Murloc back in was that 2017? I think it was 2017, March of 2017. I had a, a fight with Murloc that spilled to the outside and he threw me through a bunch of chairs in the crowd. Um, the whole Terry Funk spot, right? And, uh, you know, that was hardcore. But like my first real hardcore match was against Bam Sullivan because he didn't want to sit there and take my lucha moves like i was sitting there out wrestling him and he went to the back and got a whole bunch of plunder and the referee was like nope and me being me was like nah let's do this let's go let's go (laughs) ill-advised as it was right but i wound up beating him at his own game you know he beat me with chairs he beat me with a kendo stick he put me into thumbtacks like you know, that that was, for better or for worse, we told a story in that match. Like, they don't all wind up that way, but when they do, like, that's the stuff that I really like. I like when it's a struggle. Like, and if it can be a fun struggle, cool. You know, it doesn't always have to be. It can be brutal. Like, it, it, it can be brutal. Like, 
me and Cecil and uh, Connor at ISW when I did the whole skewers gimmick and there was the Legos and the thumbtacks and the table and all of that. Um, it could be a spot fest. It could just be a scramble. It could be like maybe you're in there and it's just like, oh, hey, it's a babyface versus babyface tag team match. And um, we we wind up just going out there and doing hot moves for five minutes. Suddenly someone gets a flash pin. Oh, all right. Well, that didn't tell a story, but it was fun. I just like fun. I just like fun. Mm. (laughs) Indeed. So who would you say is your favorite wrestler that you've shared the ring with? And do you have a favorite match? Ooh. Ooh. Um... I'm never prepared for these questions. I'm I'm so sorry. Like this is like this is like going on a, a job interview, right? And they're like, "So what you what would you say are your strengths?" And you're like, "Uh, I don't know. I've got ADHD and anxiety." Oh wait, that's not a strength. Ah, um, it's a superpower. You know, it it's a super. It's my superpower. I focus on nothing and I worry about everything. Uh, um, so. Yeah, okay, so, all right, all right, my favorite person that I've been in the ring with. Ooh, um, mm, I really hope I don't, uh, I hope I don't cheese anybody off with this one. Uh, is, is it okay if I take, like, just, like, 30 seconds to think about it? Yeah, please no, do. <laughs> Parmesan, Parmesan's shaking yeah. his head. No, it's all good. Shaking it's his head good. like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, yeah, okay. Let's, let's, good. That's perfectly fine. Do we need to play the uh, Jeopardy sound too? Oh, you yeah. could. Good. No, okay, okay. okay. My favorite person that I've ever been in the ring with. Um, that's... goodness it's, yeah it's, no it's i'm, I'm sorry it's gonna be it it's yeah it is because there's so many good ones okay so so many good ones right i'm gonna name some and then i'm gonna pick one okay good okay Very cool Fine. okay perfect. cool perfect. so i'm down fire ant perfect mm-hmm. hallow wicked of course mako satamora mm, that's a good one uh ultimo dragon Oh, that's a good one. The Hurricane. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm going with Hallow Wicked. There you go. Yeah, I can't, I like, I can't, I just, Gotta it's, go I can't not say Hallow Wicked there. It's easily, like, just the, 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 even, even, like, getting my butt kicked by him it was like i still learned so much it was basically like training class all over again it was just like it was just like and boom oh oh i should have been looking for that i should have been looking for that okay what was the counter what was the counter okay okay if he does it again i'm gonna do that okay okay ah no i got hit again right like it's you're sitting there and you're just constantly in your mind thinking like oh what am i doing what am i doing right um yeah, it's it's Halloween. It's Halloween all the way. I I can't. Yeah. Um What was the other one the the my favorite match? Favorite match that you've been in? 
favorite match that I've been in. Oh, goodness. I was in a really, really... This was this was a fun match. Um, oh, God. I, I've been in so many fun matches lately, and it's just been, like, obviously, beating Hallow Wicked, cool. Winning the Dropkick title, cool. Putting skewers in Connor's face, cool. <laughs> I had a match recently. Uh, it was myself and Mach 10 against the Colony. Our first mm. time wrestling the Colony. Right, uh, Ultimo Ant and Electro Ant, super fun match, super fun match. Not my favorite match. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ultimo. I'm sorry, Electro. I'll do a shot of Malort later in your honor. Um, <laughs> I think my favorite match was one that we had against the Goons in Flying V. Okay. This was a match that. This was a match that even my mom liked and my mom doesn't like my wrestling (laughs) so this woman rolls her eyes at basically everything that i do and she's like why are you still doing this you're constantly getting hurt why are you still doing this i don't get it right i made her sit down and watch the air show versus the goons and she loved it Nice. Loved it, <laughs> and uh, I even I even told Killian and Miles. I saw them uh, later on uh, at a high tension show. I was like, "Hey y'all, that match against you where we whooped your butt and beat you and pinned you one two three? They were like, "Yeah, bird brain." I was like, "It's my favorite match," <laughs> and then I blew him a kiss. <laughs> Killian was so hot. He was so hot. He was like red hot. I was like, "Yeah, Sonic, come and get some." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We might. Hey, who knows? They play their cards right. We play our cards right. We might be seeing them in the finals at Flying V's Double Dash. Oh, we'll see. We'll go. see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll beat them again. I'll beat them again. I'll beat them again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was that was my favorite match. I think um, it was just it was. The bad guys being real bad and the good guys being real good and real goofy. And we did a whole bunch of hot moves and we came out on top. Our hot moves won. Um, and it was just – it was good. The crowd was good. The atmosphere was electric. The the match was good. Um, I didn't mess anything up. I usually mess something up. Like something gets messed up. Like I go for a thing and I just don't make it. Like I, I, I've kind of got this like Sabu thing going on where every match I go for something and it just doesn't quite work out for me. And, uh, this time it didn't happen. Everything, everything went well. Um, the goons were like, Oh, we're going to beat you and we're going to do all this stuff. And like, you know, their hubris was their downfall. And we got the one, two, three, and it was cool. I made Miles poop his pants. That was cool. <laughs> Big missile drop kick off the top rope. I hit Killian with the drop kick, sent on to Miles. Miles goes. <laughs> <laughs> I tell the referee, you better check that man. Yeah. <laughs> and then I covered him. And then I covered him. I was like, you better check him. Cover one, two. Killian breaks it up. I'm like, come on now. Come on. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, he was probably praying for a three. Mm-hmm. Probably. I bet. If <laughs> I, I were I in can, this position, I would have. Yeah, I can see why that was your uh that was your favorite match. Um you know, with with that being said, um, you know, over your career so far, you've you've been in um a, a lot of different teams and things. Would you say um that you prefer uh tag team or or maybe trios wrestling or are you more into singles wrestling? What what when do you I really can... prefer? Oh yeah, totally. So when when I can get it, I prefer trios. Oh. Trios is just so much fun. You're sitting there, you got you got six paintbrushes that you're you're sitting there painting with, right? And you could do so many cool things, so many cool moves. It's like, oh man, maybe, 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 right? We'll get them, we'll get them down, right? We'll put them down. We'll do boom, one, boom, two, boom, three, boom, big pile on cover. Ah, we got them, we got them, we got them, right? Oh yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Or we could do a big triple team, right? Right? Big foo. How do I do? Right? Big. But um, we don't really get to do trios wrestling that much these days. Um, so yeah, tag team is tag team is fun. I think tag team is like really where I want to be these days. I had uh, I had a good little run. As a singles wrestler, as the Dropkick Depression heavyweight champion, um, mm-hmm. did really well. Mach 10 is now the PWE champion. That just happened last night. That's incredible. Good for good for him. He's well-deserved. That's... Yeah, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like, I, I really like tag wrestling. It's just, um, you know, we can work off of each other. We can play off of each other. Um we can help each other out when we're down. Like if I'm in there and I'm getting my butt whooped, <clears throat> I can make the tag to Mach 10 or I can make the tag to Jazel <clears throat> or vice versa. You know, it's, it's, we can, we can do that for each other, um, sure. which is great. And uh, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't mention our old foes, Crumbles and Defarge. Like anytime I get to put my fist in uh, Defarge's mouth, Right. That's that's a good day. That's a good day. Don't don't much prefer getting uh, Crummles' boots in my face, as is one to happen. So. But um, you know, that happens yeah. sometimes. Yeah. No, nobody likes that. that. <clears throat> Not at all. Not as fun. Yeah. yeah. Singles wrestling's okay. I like getting in there and just like seeing what I can do. But uh yeah. Yeah, I like I like getting in there getting in there with a bunch of folks not scramble matches scramble matches can kick rocks don't book me for scramble <laughs> matches you ask you ask to book me for a scramble match i'm gonna say no these days mm. it's just it's just a bit yeah. it's a, just a bunch of people just seeing how far they can pee i don't like yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow okay that's good so now that we got to know razor wing mm-hmm. we'd like to get to know your opinion and oh, I, I got Ralph plenty of those you, I know Ralph mm. told you our top five this week for you was top five high flying wrestlers. Oh yeah. So if you <laughs> have your top five ready, we'd love to hear your number five. Yeah, sure. Well, goodness. Oh no. Oh, I didn't do them in any particular order. That's, okay. I, I was I was that's just okay. gonna ask you that. Yeah. All right. All right. All right that's oh. fine. I was I was talking to my wife earlier about this. I was like, so uh, so I'm supposed to do a top five wrestlers thing, right? My top five uh, high flyers, I think, is what you said. Yep, and I was right. like, I didn't think about this at all. And I'm like, okay, okay, who do we got? Who we got? I mean, there's the obvious choice, 
and then there's the second obvious choice, and then there's this one, and then there's this one. And I think there's this one, right? So we'll just do five right. in no order, but we'll just start with yeah. your number five. That's all. We'll do yeah. five in number no order, right? All right, yep, all right. No so, do you, you just want me to rattle them off, or do you want me to say them and like yeah, give a little something? Yeah, so yeah. Let's say, let's hey, talk about it. something. Let's talk about your picks and uh, let's go through it. Here we yeah, go. Well, number five, right. Sabu. Okay. Ooh, okay. All right. Starting off strong. Starting off strong. Homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, Sabu. Uh, yeah, you know, I like I, I would consider Sabu a high flyer. Um, oh, oh, absolutely. very much so. Like, um, dude just went after it. Like, got out there, just did some crazy stuff, and was just very unapologetic about it. And if he messed up. He was like, all right, you know, let's just go for it again. Um, and that, like, very much that sort of uh, to-the-wall uh, personality is what I not molded myself after, but definitely tried to um, take into consideration when I was out there, when I am out there. It's like, we're going to go out there. We're going to do some crazy stuff. I'm going to do some crazy stuff. And if it goes awry, it goes awry. I'm just going to pick up the pieces and we're just going to go. Like, mm-hmm. I remember uh, watching, it was, oh goodness, it was Sabu against, oh, who was it against? I used to have the DVD. But anyway, it was a barbed wire match. And he went for Air Sabu in the corner and caught his bicep on the barbed wire. And it just split wide open, and it was just Ooh. pouring buckets out his out his tricep, actually. And Sabu's sitting there with duct tape, taping up his arm as the other person is sitting there doing moves. Like, grabbed Sabu in, like, a neck breaker, and Sabu's sitting there just taping up his arm, taping up his arm, takes it, and is like, oh, God, my neck. Grabs the tape and is just continuing to wrap this. And he's just like, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. And that's kind of like no how fear. I what's that? Said he just had no fear. Yeah, he had no fear. no fear. None at all. I remember one of my um probably my first real bad injury. Uh yeah, my first real bad injury was King of Trios 2017. I uh did a tope con hilo to Cassandra Miyagi and knocked her out. As I knocked her out, Came down, back of my head, pinged right off of the concrete floor. Ooh. That's eight feet in the air. Boom. Straight to the concrete floor. And uh, I hit, and I was like, oh, oh, no, that's bad. That's real bad. My wife's sitting like 20 feet over uh, to the right of hard cam. And she's like, that didn't look good, right? So I'm sitting there. I'm laying there. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. All right. All right. Can I move? Can I move? System check. Fingers, toes. Okay, that can move. That can move. All right. Getting up, getting up, getting up, and everything's just like flowing through water. Flowing through water. A brawl breaks out on the outside. Satamora comes over. She hit me with some euros. I'm like throwing the weakest punches. Like I'm in a dream, right? Like it's yeah. it's dream town. Boom. Oh no. Oh no. Right? Because of course, you know. You're in sleep paralysis. You're not moving very well, right? But I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm out. But I kept going because I was I'm, 
a stupid and young and new, but B it's that like never say die attitude of like, no, I'm seeing this through to the end. Right. Uh, and I did for better or for worse. Um, that happened again, uh, in a match against, uh, Joe Gacy and Slade at uh, dropkick. Um, that was a three-way dance. And I was doing another Topeco and Hilo, and I had a hot pepper up my butt, and I was getting ready to go into the crowd. And I saw the people in the seats were not moving, and I was like, I don't want to cause a lawsuit for Dropkick. I don't want to cause a lawsuit for the venue by like going into the crowd and kicking a fan in the face. Not what I want to do. So I put on the brakes real hard and i went straight up and straight down caught the back of my head on the ring apron and then the floor oh no and once again like an idiot like a young idiot kept going i was like boom hit and i was like oh no oh no all right all right oh oh okay where am i yes i know where i'm at i know what i'm doing let's go and I just kept going. Ill-advised. Looking back on it, I had a I had a conversation with uh, one of my pals um, later on. And I was just like, no, no, it's not worth it. Like, it's not worth – the brain stuff is not worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a match uh, I had a dropkick where it was uh, – oh, goodness. It was – I think it was an Atomico's match or it might have been a – no, it was a scramble. It was a scramble with me and – Beefcake and Super Beetle and I think Twitch was in it. A, a whole bunch of people. Anyway, I went and I did an Undertaker dive over the top rope, right? Came down and like was getting ready to just like push Beefcake out of the way. And this hand, I caught this finger on Beefcake's chest and it just went. Oh, my right pinky just went sideways. He catches me. And I'm like, oh, no. And I grab my pinky and I go, click, <laughs> right back oh, in. Oh, God. No, no, thank you. No, thanks. right back in. I was I'm just good. like, oh, no, oh, no, click. I'm no. good. And I'm sitting there and I'm like <laughs> trying to pound on him to like get him off of me. And I'm like, ow, yeah. ow, ow. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every time my right hand comes down on him. And uh, I get back in there. And, oh, Mike Orridge was in there too, uh, one, of, one of Cannonball's friends. Um, and I wound up actually pinning Orange. I, I I did the handspring against the ropes like Tajiri came back with with the kick like I do. I did the handspring on a, with a broken pinky. Oh, oh, it was man. nasty. It was so nasty. And then, uh, oh goodness, there was uh, oh me breaking my orbital bone at Beyond. I break my orbital bone at Beyond in a four way tag match. It was um, the Air Show against Bear Country against Miracle Generation, against, oh, I always forget their name. I always forget their name. Um, Oh, my goodness. They're such a good team, too. Oh, oh, I feel really bad. I feel really bad. Um, They're another, like, high-flying sort of team, just like Miracle Generation. But, like, uh, oh, goodness. Anyway, it's a four-way tag match. Anyway, um, Mach 10 and I are like, yo. If we get them, if we get them down, if we get them down in this match, what do you think? Stereo four fifties. 
And I'm like, there yeah, we go. let's go. Let's go. Out of the corners. Out of the corners. Opposite corners. Mach 10's up. I'm up. We got Boulder down. We got Bronson down. We flip. Boom. I over-rotate. Come down. Matt fist face. Oh, no. Completely <laughs> broke out my left eye. Oh. Just bottom bottom of the orbital bone socket. Not not the outside, not the outside of it, right? Underneath the eyeball, just like a trap door just fell out. My eye was like, boop. Immediately, I hit, knew I messed up, covered Bronson. He kicks out. I rolled to the outside. I'm checking my face thinking, oh, man. Oh, no, I messed up. I just Joey Mercury'd myself. Oh, you know, like with the ladder, right? Yeah. I'm expecting, I'm expecting it just to be pouring. It felt gnarly. And I'm sitting there and I'm feeling my face and I'm like, I'm looking at my hands. I'm like, there's no blood. Why is there no blood? Why is there no blood? There feels like there should be blood. And this stupid bird brain goes, there's no blood. I'm getting back in. Oh God. So I get back in, can barely see everything's blurry. I tell the referee, hey, I'm hurt. Just, uh, you know, be on the lookout for some crazy stuff. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and, of course, no one can see how bad I'm hurt because I'm wearing a full mask. Yep. I tell Mach 10, I'm like, hey, I'm hurt. I did something to my eye. And he's like, can you see? I'm like, kind of. And he goes, what the? F-? And I'm like, let's just go, man. And he goes, okay. (laughs) So afterwards, we eat it, right? So Miracle Generation kicks me in the face. Boom. They take my tag partner. Suplex, combo splash off the top rope. One, two, three. We're down. We're out. We get to the back. I take my mask off. My eyes popped out like Vader after Stan Hansen lariated him in the face. Oh, God. It's real bad. It's real bad. Mach 10's like, if I knew your face looked like that, I would not have let you continue. This is insane. We got to we gotta get you somewhere. And uh, I'm like, I felt bad about it for a variety. Of, like, okay, like, oh, man, I toughed it out. I went through it, right? But, man, why did I have to be wearing a mask? If I wasn't wearing a mask and everyone could see my eye bulged out like that and all purple and gross, like... Oh, that would have been all wrestling Twitter would have been talking about. Man, yeah. that razor wing. You see, like, just like, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, um, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. His, uh, red and black. Heavy metal. The, the scar on the lip. Oh, my goodness. I know this guy. And I'm just drawing a blank. See, don't get concussions. This happens to you. Um... <laughs> Oh no! But the the one fellow who is wrestles out in the Midwest, uh, he had the turnbuckle ripped out of his lip, and he finished the match. It was him against uh, uh, Jay uh, Gary Jay. Oh my goodness! He was on AEW for a bit. The heavy metal guy with the face paint and all that. War uh Warhorse? Warhorse, Warhorse, Jake Pardell, Warhorse. yes. Got it. Oh my god. Got it. Like when Rickle that happened. gets the square. Ah, uh, there it is. Yes. Oh, I feel so- 
I'm love sorry, him, Jake. By the I'm way. sorry. I'm sorry, anyway. Warhorse. I'm sorry. Um, concussions. So, anyway, so yeah, yeah. Like everyone was talking about him. Warhorse, like with the whole like ripped out of the thing, and mm-hmm. it's like, yo, if I had just like had no mask on, and everyone saw this, just like gnarly. Oh, let's go. I'll kill you anyway. Like, oh, that would have been it. But no, no. I had to wear a mask and then went to the hospital the next day. And, you know, thankfully everything's good. I mean, my mm-hmm. eye is a little bit lower than it used to be just because it's only held in by muscle and fat. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. It, it healed up nicely. I can see okay. Everything's right. good. We made a little something out of it in Dropkick with Brandon Kirk with the chain and the Hellraiser mask and all that. So that was nice. good. Yeah. Um. One last one, real quick, before I go on to the next wrestler. Uh, no worries. Cracked ribs. Cracked ribs at Elvac. Oh. oh, I got a, I got a nice slam. Nice slam by Havoc, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're in there. Yeah, it's do, me, do. Ultimo Ant, against Havoc and Young J. Lee. We're in there. Boom. Havoc grabs me. Just big old slam on this stiff old ring. Pop, pop, pop. Oh, I can't oh. breathe. I can't breathe. Managed to tag out to Ultimo. Ultimo comes in. I'm sitting there sucking wind on the apron. Some joker on the outside, literally like three feet away from me, is like, man, some tag partner you are letting your buddy get in there. And I was like, I am not in the mood to have an argument with you right now. I have broken ribs. Mm. You can flip right off, my friend. I'm broken. (laughs) Right? I literally laying there, broken ribs. Like... But then I was like, you know what? It's time to get in there. Whole bunch of action spilled to the outside. And I was like, I'm going to do what Razor Wing does. And I climbed up to the top rope, flipping dive off of the top rope right onto the pile with broken ribs because Sabu. Because Sabu. <laughs> because Sabu. Basically. So, yeah, that's that's my Sabu story. <laughs> Yeah, Sabu's one of those guys that I feel wrestles what I'd like to call a uh, shoot first, ask questions later style of wrestling. Mm-hmm. He, Basically. You know, he goes out there and he does things that nobody else will do. And he just, it's like he doesn't even think about it. He just goes out there and does it. And win or lose, uh, success or failure, he just goes out there and puts it all on the line. Very much so. Very much so. Very cool so, pick. Number four? Your next one. Yeah, let's do it. The whole effing show, Rob Van Dam. Oh, oh of course. Like, come on. <laughs> Got to be on the list, yeah. He has to be on the list. <laughs> no doubt, no frog doubt. Splash is literally oh. one of the most brutal-looking frog splashes I've, ever, I've still have, have ever seen. Oh, 100%. The way he bounces off of the wrestler after he lands. Mm-hmm. Oh, just puts all of his weight into it. Just all the every... Effort. Every bit of his being just jumps as high as he can, gets up there, really pumps it, like puts that little like just out and he's just completely spread out and just lands. And it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. No wonder that also hurt RVD. <laughs> like, goodness gracious. Like the five star frog splash, one of my favorite moves ever. I just I love it. Just everything about RVD, like his whole like JR would say, educated feet, his unorthodox style. Yeah. He's just like, he just did so much cool 
stuff. His whole jump into the top rope bit to get up for the five-star frog splash. His so smooth. split-legged moonsault. His whole rolling senton. Just every little thing that he did. The kicks. All of it. It just – it was like – Yo, this guy's something else. Like this guy wrestles like no one I've ever seen up until that point. And it was just like, yeah, like that's that's just uh man, I like I was so pulling for R V D when uh when he was feuding with Triple H back in like the oh, early two yeah. thousands. That was like oh I was like, Yes, yes, please, please take this world heavyweight championship off of this man. Please. Then didn't happen, right? Mm. But you but watch? hey, he got the ECW and the WWE title, however short lived that was. So that's I was cool. Gonna say, did you watch that match? Because that's one of my favorite RVD matches. Uh, probably heard it all, ever. I watch it all the time. Like I oh. have it, I have it on DVD, and I just run it back all the time. Because I'm not the biggest John Cena fan, but I mean, everybody played well, their that part one night perfectly. Stand that was right. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That was yeah. The, that was the second one night stand because he was injured for the first. That's one. right. I remember that he so was he all got, like. Yeah, yeah, so he got his big he got his big moment at the second one, and man, was that a mm-hmm. moment! Yeah, um, he tore his meniscus on the first one, right? Yeah, yeah, right, like I, it was like, and it was it was like what maybe a month before the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. It, it, so it was insane. Second one night stand but, was amazing. Was oh my good. goodness! So good. I mean, first yeah. one was good too, but like, yeah. holy moly, that's I'm gonna have to actually I'm gonna have to cue those up. That's <laughs> that's gonna be after Forbidden Door. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> The the thing I the thing I like about Rob Van Dam and you know him being on the list, he's one of those guys that is a high flyer, not only in the air, but his ground game is high flying as well. When you watch his move set, like everything about him in the air on the ground, it's just this style of wrestling that everything he does is like a high flying move. No, nobody gets high. Rob Van Dam. No, that is correct. Literally indeed. and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Good call. Aha. Uh-huh. So, um, number three? Yes, yeah, let's do three. it. Hit it up. Cool. Number three? Jeff Hardy. Jeff oh, Hardy. Good call. The charismatic enigma. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I mean, I do the Swanton Bomb, right? Like, I, know. I, I can't not, I can't not say Jeff Hardy. Like, Jeff Hardy is the reason I'm a high flyer, honestly. Like, just I, when I was backyarding, I was wearing the fishnet, I was wearing the baggy pants, I was doing the whole thing, like the whole the guns and all that. Um, yeah, Jeff Hardy just was it. Like that was that was my holy moly. Like this is what wrestling can be. Okay, let's go, let's flip and go. Um, and uh, I finally like. I, I had oh, I had my this is my like Jeff Hardy moment when I was wrestling Cecil Nix and Connor Claxton at ISW and I laid Cecil out on the table and I was like this is it this is I'm Jeff Hardy and he's Bubba Ray and here we go oh, I climbed up the ladder and I went for it and then I ate it through the table because Cecil moved out of the way. <laughs> but like, hey, I still kind of had my Jeff Hardy moment because he's sure. eating it through tables, oh, like whatever. So, so it still worked out. Um, but yeah, Jeff Hardy, big big influence. Um, and uh, I would I would be remiss if I uh, didn't mention how uh, how Jeff Hardy ripped me off one time. Uh, oh yes, yes indeed. There was a match in Chikara. 
it was a four-way eliminator, I believe. It was um, myself and Nighthawk against the uh, Creatures of the Deep, Crab and Crawdad, against uh, the Rumblebees. And um, I'm pretty sure the other team might have been Dustin and Chuck Taylor TM. Maybe. Okay. But there was a point in time Mm. where I went up to the top rope and I was getting ready to do some hot moves. And the Cajun Crawdad ran at me and yelled, I hate you, bird. And he kicked me with an enziguri right in the back of the noggin. And I fell off of the top rope and I ate it right on the apron and fell to the outside. Wouldn't you know it, about a week or two later, that same sort of thing happened to Jeff Hardy. Strange that. Just a weird coincidence, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. yep. Weird coincidence. Ha <laughs> Indeed. I'm sure it was a weird coincidence. I'm just playing. <laughs> <it. laughs> well, you want to you want to talk about um, long term storytelling? Dustin yeah. and Chuck Taylor TM is very underrated as far as long term storytelling goes. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I have I have never been. I have never been more entertained in my life than to see this is how we do it come down to the ring. Oh, yes. This is how we do it. Do it. Bug Bug (laughs) Nevins, Scoot Tatum, all of them, Uh, all all the great names. Oh, yeah. He came came out as Tremperetta one time. (laughs) He did, didn't he? Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I I like the Jeff Hardy pick because, you know – Jeff Hardy did two things. He took dangerous moves and he made them look easy, but he also took those moves and made them the coolest thing going. Oh yeah. And I think, I think that's, I I think that's some of the lasting impressions that we, that we see from a guy like Jeff Hardy, just, you know, taking the dangerous and, and the impossible and, and the things that, that people normally wouldn't do, but just making it like the coolest thing in the room. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I think what, I appreciate about Jeff, and I don't know if you were watching Jeff when he was in TNA, but... Oh, yes. Um, yes, I was. When he decided to use his own music as his theme song, that mm-hmm. was for me, that was it. I'm like, I'm good. I'm happy now. Not only is he being <laughs> Jeff Hardy, but he's, but he's being Jeff Hardy as himself with his own music, but also being, you know, the high-flying, crazy Jeff that he always was. It was, just a, it was just another layer to his character that I just really enjoyed, on top of the oh, high-flying... Yeah antics that he did was that he was able to use his own music for a while as his uh, themes to the ring. And he would use multiple versions, multiple songs throughout his mm-hmm. year that he was there. It was always a different version from an album somewhere. And it was like, it was just cool. Yeah. He's always been unapologetically Jeff. And yeah. Oh yeah. That, <laughs> as far as, as far as I'm aware, like I, you know, I don't, I've never met the person, um, but like seemingly always has been unapologetically Jeff. And um, for all his for all his faults, like I appreciate that part of his presentation as a wrestler, and that's that's like for me, that's just mm, chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Chef's kiss. Yes, absolutely. All Indeed. right. What Number else two. you got for us? Yep. Number two. AJ Styles of the phenomenal one. I mean, come I just, on. Like, okay, so here's here's the reason. Here's the reason. TNA, Ultimate X. Oh, I mean... AJ Styles was just always doing just ridiculous things in Ultimate X. Craziest things, yes. Yes! 
doing the craziest moves, taking the craziest moves, getting up afterward, and just everything was smooth as silk. And uh, I, I, I wish that I were as smooth as silk as, uh, as uh, AJ Styles, but um, you know, at, at least it gives me something to still aspire to as as a thing. Um, but goodness gracious, like just all of the really cool moves that he did and all of the cool feuds that he had, like his battles with Samoa Joe and Joe. I tell you what, the, the triple threat between him and Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels at Unbreakable 2005, easily one of my favorite matches of all time. AJ's just, oh my goodness, the, the springboard uh, shooting star press to the outside. Oh, the Fosbury flop, all of it. It just, I just, like, I'm not going to say he has, like, influenced my wrestling style because a lot of the stuff that he does, I'm just, I look at it and I go, oh, there's absolutely no way. But <laughs> as far as, like, a wrestler that I enjoy watching, yeah, yeah, let's go. Like, give me give me some AJ. <laughs> so when, when TNA used to run... Um house shows close to pay-per-views they would run the actual main event of the pay-per-view they would practice it on the house shows and i saw i saw aj styles samoa joe and christopher daniels in a three-way at a house show that's so cool oh that's so cool that was that was one of the seriously that was one of the best shows i ever went to um and you know you you had you had three guys in the ring who obviously you know um for for those of us that that like that kind of style of wrestling i mean we consider these guys to be legends we consider these guys to be you know people that we would put up there in the in in the top pantheon and you know uh, aj styles you could you could see it then you knew that there were just the sky was the limit for him because he was just such a star like you're in there with guys like Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe, and you're still shining bright. So there, totally. there was definitely something there, but uh, it's hilarious that you bring that match up. Just the irony of it, because yeah, it was, it was a match that was uh, unbelievable. And just, you know, getting to see that, getting to see that live, even if it wasn't on the pay-per-view, but yeah, um, just a huge, huge star in everything he does. Um, 100%. You know, um, it doesn't matter what he's doing. I mean, you know, there's there's a reason he was in the Boneyard match with The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. There's a reason, you know. Yeah. You you don't get yeah. honors like that unless you're, you know, you're you're the top. So, yeah, very, very cool pick. Um, and you want to talk about, like, honor. I'm sure Styles was honored when, going back to your last pick, Razor, he mm-hmm. got to be in the ring with and witness Jeff Hardy's debut in TNA in 2005. Yeah. Be part of that. Not only the debut, but like being in the ring with him. I think his first match back in a while, because he had just left WWF not too long ago before he went out there. And he made it seem like he was going to go like recover and rehab. Nope. TNA. Boom. 2005. That was his big surprise. He got to do it with AJ Styles himself. So like really cool. Yeah, that's a cool moment, no doubt, no doubt. And another yeah. King of Trios alumni. Yeah, uh-huh. indeed. 
had a, stupid, had a great lu- stupid lucha ropes. It's my favorite so video to watch, even just randomly, is just to watch him try twice and fail. He goes, it's the ropes! It's the it's ropes. ropes! It's the lucha ropes! I love that uh, that was an ongoing narrative. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So and then, good. Yeah. And then, when, when, uh, and then the ovation when he finally, he finally hit, it. hit it, it was like yeah. nuts. Yeah, it was great. No doubt. Absolutely. Uh, oh, oh, real, real quick. I just want to mention my favorite, my favorite part of that triple threat match. Yeah. AJ Styles and Samoa Joe just teeing off on Christopher Daniels. Just kick, 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 kick. Daniels <laughs> gets sick of it, gets up. Stop. Kick. <laughs> That's one of those ones that you just have to laugh at. Just yeah, funny, pretty much. Funny moment in time. I just love the as a whole. Oh, totally, totally. So number one. Um, number one. Here we go. Last wait. one on the list. Rey Mysterio. Of course. That's a gimme. It's a gimme. It's that a gimme. A, that was the a layup. Great- the layup. greatest of all time. Like, how are you gonna how are you gonna have a list of high flyers and have your number one not be Rey Mysterio? Like, there are some that I like there are plenty of high flyers that deserve the number one spot. Uh Hayabusa, right? Uh mm-hmm. uh some would argue psychosis. Um there there's yeah. there's plenty of them. But like for me as Jimmy Snooker. Jimmy Snooker and I mean, he was kind of high flyer before high flyers were cool back then. You know, that's true. That's true. All right. Yes, on the on the merit, absolutely, no doubt. <laughs> um, but like everyone has their their personal list, right? So oh, my personal list: Rey Mysterio, boom, number one, just because he showed that, like, a he he showed the North American audience this whole new way of wrestling, and like really made it mainstream. It was like. Yo, high flying lucha is freaking cool. But he also was like, "Hey, little guys can beat the big guys and make it be convincing. Like it can yeah. happen. David and Goliath can actually happen, and it can look real." Um, and that's just that's something that that we owe a debt of gratitude to Rey Mysterio Jr. for. Um, yeah, like it just. From from watching him in WCW to watching him in ECW to watching him in WWE, it, like it just dude dude's been dude's been great for so long, and he continues to be great. Like I don't even know. Like I I should ask Chat GPT like how old Rey Mysterio is these days, but it's like dude's older than I am, and like he's getting after it, and it's amazing, and like. I'm feeling like, holy moly, like how how many years do I still have left? And Rey Mysterio is just like, what are years? Mm. <laughs> the dude's it's been great. going for over 30, I think over almost 30 years now, if not over That's how long, years huh? of wrestling. Like, it's a That's long, incredible. It's a, holy it's a long moly. career, man. And, and he's still going, at, I, I think he's now 50, 51. And he's 51? still going, like he's, like he's in his like, 30s. It's crazy. It's That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, Nuts. good for him. Good for him. That's and so he's, great. He's he's had a lot of great moments, but honestly, my favorite my favorite moment of his just because I, I feel like 
the the excitement level was just off the charts and could not be matched um when he debuted in WWE when he was booking down to the ring and climbed the steel cage and jumped off to save John yes. Cena and Edge yeah. like yeah. the, the mm-hmm. excitement level that surrounded that moment like I was I was literally freaking out cuz it was so I it was just I don't know it was just so exciting to see him do that it was surreal too right it was just like oh wow okay yeah. All right, yeah. Rey Mysterio in WWE. This is cool. This is this is where we're going. Let's mm-hmm. go. And then as a part of the SmackDown Six, holy oh, moly! Yeah, of course, he was uh, he, he was one of the top. You that know, was easily my favorite as a top guy. Which oh, he was. Rightfully he so. Was. so. He deserved yeah. every bit of that. Oh my goodness! We'll never see a time in wrestling like that again because it was like the stars aligned, and you found six guys that somehow had chemistry with each other that they probably shouldn't have had. Yeah. But they were just so good together. They were just all incredibly different in a lot of ways. Um, but they did. They all had that chemistry and it was just like, okay, you put this person with this person, you get this kind of match. You put this person with this person, you get this. It was like rock, paper, scissors, but like with six yeah. things instead. <laughs> yeah. It was just incredible. It was so flipping fun to just like watch that week after week after week and then pay-per-view after pay-per-view after pay-per-view. And it was just like, yo, can wrestling get any better? And the answer was no. No, it could not. Mm-hmm. My well, favorite Rey Mysterio thing was, uh, which I, I'm still kind of sad that they um, did away with it, but what? Because at, at, at the time it was so like new and like fresh, it was when he would pop out from under the stage and jump. Oh, the elevator. Yeah, 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 that thing. The pyro. For the time Who's it was that like. Jumping it, out this guy. So yeah, dude. The theme, the timing, it was just so cool. And then when they stopped doing it, I was like, now I'm sad. No, like that was, because that was what made like that. His entrance was just like so cool to me because it was yeah, again for the time, no one was doing that. No mm-hmm. one was popping out of the elevators. No one was like hiding and jumping. That wasn't a totally new thing that like they gave Rey Mysterio. Totally, like it was just a cool little you know something to add to his high flying mm-hmm. stature already, mm-hmm. just make mm-hmm. it cooler. See, you you totally had me going there when you when you said that. I thought you were going to say. uh the the latter match for the custody of Dominic. Well, uh, that too. <laughs> I mean, how could how could you not have that guy yeah, that number one, one on your list? He wrestled a ladder match for the custody of his own son, who he now right. regularly beats the snot out of. Yeah, um, right. You yep. know, I, I mean, do you think Welcome he's thinking? To him, do you think he's thinking to himself now? Gee, I wish Eddie would have won. This kid's a brat. Oh, Seriously. Oh my goodness. Uh, I couldn't imagine that. My my little boy's getting real big. He's he's gonna turn two in uh, September, and I'm like, oh no, oh no, this kid's gonna be slamming me, mm-hmm. big boy, big boy. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know how Ray does it. Like having a kid that's like that much bigger than him. Mm. I you know I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been uh, an absolute blast, I have to say. Um, when we uh, when we first started doing this podcast, you know, I, I thought to myself, you know, I, I I've got to I've got to make some calls and I, I've got to you know reach out to uh, some some people that I've you know had some had some history with over the years and uh, just um, you know you were you were at the top of the list um you know we had uh, we had a, we had a couple guys that were right up there at the top that i was like these are guys i've got to have so you were uh absolutely 
at the at the top of that list. Um, Thank you. I mean, how how could I not have not only you know the the flyest wrestler out there, but the man with the flyest fanny pack out there? It's true. Oh, yeah, it's oh, true. Yeah. Although you, my you have <laughs> my fanny pack is not gold these days. I have a, a black nylon one because the gold ones were always falling apart. They were cheap things off of Amazon. <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> but thank you. Mick, Mick Foley could have claimed that he was bringing fanny packs back, but your fanny pack game was strong the whole time. Like you Fair were. Point. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate um, that. Appreciate it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was excited that we uh, could, you know, find the time to do this and and get you on. Um, it's it's been a it's been a real fun uh, time just getting to Blast. talk wrestling with you and you know uh, getting getting to learn a few things about you and. Uh, Letting our letting our listeners uh, get to know a little bit about the uh, man behind the mask, as it were. So, uh, you know, I gotta I gotta thank you for uh, you know joining <laughs> us, and uh, it's it's just been a blast talking to you. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, we'll be able to do this again at some point. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would love to. Yeah, very cool. So, uh, again, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. The call. Thanks for listening to the Opinion City Podcast with myself and Parmesan. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our social at Opinion City Pod to your friends and colleagues. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out our previous episodes and let us know your opinions on our previous episodes as well as this week's topic. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and maybe threads at Opinion City Pod. This has been a Mancast Network production. We'll see you next time. This is Also Ann here. You're listening to Opinion City Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Happy